welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest who's also had me on his show. Noah Hutton is a storyteller at heart and passionate about capturing and sharing unique narratives of people and brands through stunning photography and video content. After graduating college with no job offers, Noah set out on his own to build a real estate media business. As he looked into growing into more industries, he started doing commercial media and podcast production for brands and companies. In addition to his work behind the lens, he also loves connecting with fellow entrepreneurs and creators through his podcast, The Rest of Us. Through candid conversations and meaningful insights, Noah shares stories of those who are making a difference in their respective fields and inspires others to do the same. Noah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, yeah, me too. So uh, just biggest reason I had you on the show is I just love your story of grit and determination. Uh, tell us what happened You know, after graduating college how you transition into starting your own business from scratch. I just love stories like this. Yeah. So uh, senior year of college was a real kind of adventure of just a lot of different things going on. Um, obviously looking for a job uh, job after college. Uh, I really wanted to go into marketing, um, found ad tech as something that I really wanted to go into. So like actually placing ads on like streaming services, like, or TV and things like that. Um, so I pursued that. I was dead set on moving out to Los Angeles just because really wanted to get away from Indiana, really wanted to get to somewhere new. Um, I do love Los Angeles. So that was going to be uh, really exciting if I could do that. Um, and after just applying for a ton of jobs, graduating, didn't have any job offers over the summer, still working on job applications and interviews. Um, I took a couple of trips out to Los Angeles to just experience it. Um, and I still just had no results. And so by July-ish, that was kind of when I was back home, not traveling anymore. And I was like, okay, I need to do something because I can't just keep applying for jobs and just being told no, and then not be making any money. I still had an internship at the time. They were gracious enough to keep me on. Um, they, I'm still actually at the internship right now. I'm finishing up this month, but still working there. Um, and so at that point, I was like, well, I don't know what to do because my original plan was to get a job move out to Los Angeles and then do my real estate media business on the side just on the weekends, nights off, you know, just working on it when I could. Um, but I eventually just got to a point where I started doing a little bit of uh, real estate photography back home in Warsaw, Indiana. Uh, and I got a little bit of traction and I was like, I guess I'm going to do this now. It's kind of that point. Like we, we have this similar story in the sense that we never really expected to start our business, but we were like, I guess this is the time to start our business and this is what I'm going to do. So I just made the decision to stop applying for jobs. I There would be points in my journey last year, because this is all in 2022. So this wasn't even like a year ago. Yeah. Um, this was, uh, there were a couple points where I kind of got, you know, really down on myself and I started applying for jobs again. But come October, November, I was kind of like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And especially this year is kind of really where it's picked up and I've seen kind of the vision of where it could be in the future and where I want it to go. And that's where I'm starting to see that success and where I can, you know, build it into a, a business that supports myself and I can grow into a bigger business. Yeah. Kudos to you. Uh, yeah. And I love that you're that fresh into it. Um, 
basically basically less than a year, right? I mean, yep. if my math is correct here. So uh, well, a couple of questions come to mind um, because I'm always curious about how people find their first clients. So how did you get, how did you find those first few clients? You know, was it through family connections or were you just pounding the pavement with a business card sort of thing? So a little bit of both. Um, the first shoot I ever did, I did a couple of shoots for free when I was very uh, starting out real estate media. Um, I just called any realtor that had a property over a million dollars. And I said, Hey, I'll shoot your property for free. Um, I'll shoot a video for it. Cause in the, in the beginning I was only shooting a million dollar properties, which are not that common in Indiana. So I don't really know what I was thinking there. Um, and I was only doing video cause I was like, well, it's not worth it to shoot the hundred thousand dollar home because they're not going to pay that much, which is the wrong mindset to have. But in the beginning it was just cold calling. It was trying to get them to let me come out there and shoot for free. Um, one of the houses that already sold and they're like, yeah, it's vacant for the next couple of weeks. Just here's the door code. Just go and shoot. The other one has is still in the market today. Um, it's a very interesting house. So it's like a business connected to a house. So it's a whole thing. But um, yeah, so there's just a lot of a lot of business cards, a lot of cold calling, cold emailing, just trying to get them to give me a chance. But my first paid gig actually came from a friend who was a interior designer. She actually just started her own Airbnb design firm and marketing firm. Um, which is really, really cool. And she's really talented. And she'd been working on an Airbnb near where I lived up on Lake Wawasee in Syracuse, Indiana. And she's like, hey, we would love some video content for it, some marketing. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I was still in the, at the point where I'd only done two free shoots. And I was like, yeah, I'll just do it for free, you know, get another example on my, on my uh, portfolio. And she's like, no, this person will pay you this time. And I was like, oh, they'll pay me? Like, this is happening? And so <laughs> that's kind of the point where I got to charge for my first video, which is really exciting. And after that, I would still take free shoots here and there. Even now, I still I'll give them away at the holidays for like a uh, you know a raffle or something. But generally speaking, now I'm at a point where I can um, you know go to acquire a client or w work with a client and be like, this is my pricing. We can maybe work something out for the first shoot, but this is kind of where I'm at. Um, so that's been really nice to kind of get that confidence now. But in the beginning and still now a little bit, it's a lot of cold emailing, cold calling to get clients. Yeah, and that, and then <clears throat> so pricing. That's always a big issue for people when they're starting out their business right away. Yeah. I, I told my story about how we did it, but when I was on your show, we won't get into that. But how did you do it? How did you figure it out? I mean, did you have insight from other people or did you maybe just call people that were open to telling you how, how they tackle it that are the same in, the, in your industry? Yeah. So I had some friends that had done real estate in the past and just were a little bit farther along in their creative business journey than I was. So I would be like, Hey, I have a client that wants to do this type of video. I know you've done that in the past. How did you price that? Or like, Hey, I'm doing this event. How do I even go about pricing that? And I would just reach out to them and they would kind of give me like a, an idea of like, this is what you should charge. This is what you need to be thinking about. You know, I'm not even thinking about food costs for the day. I'm not even thinking about, mm. you know, just my time. I'm thinking about just the work that I'm delivering, which is you have to think about every other thing that goes into it. Travel costs hotel costs, flight calling. There's so much that goes into working as a uh, freelance or a, just a creative business owner. And so I would constantly reaching out to them. I also Facebook groups were really helpful for me. Um, some, some helpful, some not, but generally speaking, it just gives you a wider variety of people to talk to. Um, and especially in re real estate media, there's a big, pretty big active Facebook group for photography specifically. And so that's kind of where I got some insights on at least what to think about for, when charging. Um, but eventually I just had to put pen to paper and be like, this is kind of my rates and figure that out. And I was, when I, when I got it, it was funny because when I got it all written down, I was like, this is fantastic. I have all my rates down. It's good. I'm okay with this. 
And then I slowly realized that, oh, I'm not thinking about half of my expenses and I'm charging way too little. And so I, I've, I've reworked my pricing and kind of also, I think part of it really is growing your confidence uh, for pricing because if you are new, but you're really confident, you can automatically just up your price a little bit because A, you should be getting that price in the beginning. But confidence is so key in like walking into a room and being like, I charge this. And if they say, well, we don't pay that, then you can kind of be like, okay, when we can't work together, it's just kind of, so I think for me, it was building up that confidence too, of um, understanding that I'm worth a certain amount. And so I should be charging a certain amount and being okay with sending a really high number that I think is high, but is just right for the work. And so that's something that I've re- worked on a lot recently and gotten really good at, or at least better at right now. Did you, what did you lean on to get that confidence? You know, like how, how did that come about? Because some people, some people, honestly, it might take them all the way until like their fifth or seventh year of business, you know, when they're kind of getting out of that area of, of potentially failing because most businesses fail within seven years, uh, small business wise. So yeah. where did, how, how do you, how did you find your confidence? So, I mean, I think it was just naturally just taking time and it just took a long, a while to get to that point, but also there's specifically last December, which is crazy that that's like three months ago, but it feels like it's forever ago. It was last December and I was getting invited to a bunch of Christmas parties, you know, realtor associations, brokerages had Christmas parties and they were inviting me to come and I would go to these Christmas parties and I would just sit there and just kind of not talk to people because I'm so introverted. Mm. And I just was like, I don't like this. I don't like parties. I don't want to do this. It was just really awkward. I was waiting for people to come up to me and talk to me. And, um, after those Christmas, after the last one, I was like, thank God those are over, but I never want to be like that again. Yeah. Because it was just a waste of time. It was a waste of my time. It was a waste of maybe some people's time, a waste of a seat, in my opinion, just because I just sat there and didn't do anything. I had hundreds of realtors in a room that could have been potential clients, and I didn't pursue a single one. And so, you know, I look back on that time, and I was like, never again. And so now this year, this year, 2023, has really been my year of going to networking events and just going to events in general, no matter if I want to go to them to one or not. Like, if it's an event, I might not even be interested in I'm still going to go. Because I'm going to meet somebody that's going to lead to something. So I like even recently, I went to an event um, for a meeting professionals association here. It's an international association, but it was an Indiana chapter. And I got to the event and I felt myself doing it again. I was just kind of standing around, mm-hmm. like letting people like walk up to me. And I was just like, no, I can't do this because it's not worth my time. So I've been really intentional about going to different networking events. And also I joined a networking group that allows me to just automatically get well, not automatically, but like get referrals and meet people that are willing to put their reputation on the line to refer me to other people. And that's led to a lot of business for me. So just in general, I just kind of was like, I can't do this if I don't, I can't have a successful business if I don't put myself out there. And so part of that came with starting the podcast and part of that came with just networking and everything. But it really was just kind of a like, if I don't do this, my business is not going to grow where I want it to be and I need it to grow. So yeah, 100%. Um, so I'm curious about your perspective uh, about school, knowing knowing what you went through, right? I think everybody, most people that go to college, they think this is going to nearly guarantee me a job. Obviously, it didn't work out for yeah. you. So no, knowing what you know, and, and all the equipment you like, where would you, if you could go back in time, would you would you avoid school? I mean, this is again sort of it's a it's a very hypothetical because I'm asking you. You already know what to do what what you're doing now with all the equipment, yeah. all the specialized equipment. Would you not go to school? or Would you go to school? 
I would absolutely go to school. I mean, it, it built me so many friendships, so many connections. My best friend I met in college, we were roommates in my last year. And so, I mean, I wouldn't have met half the people I know now if I hadn't gone to school. So I would definitely go back. I love Purdue. I love my time there. But what I would do differently is I would say yes to every single opportunity I got, whether that's, you know, a business opportunity, an event to go to, or just going out on a Friday night. Like I was my first two years pre-pandemic. So like I went 2018 to 2022. So right in the middle end of sophomore year is when the pandemic hit pre-pandemic, I was saying no to everything. I was like, I want to go out. I'm staying in my dorm. I'm staying in my room. I'm not doing anything. Post-pandemic, especially once things started to open up, I was like saying yes to every single thing. Are we going to go to ice cream tonight? Or are we going to go you know, go out to eat, go to this event, go to this concert, drive down to Indy on a Friday night and just go hang out? Like I was saying yes to everything. So from a social perspective, I needed to say yes more and I should have done that more early on. But from a kind of a business perspective and just like looking for a job, it's again, looking for opportunities and looking for ways to work more. I didn't shoot as much as I should have. I should I wasn't behind the camera as much as I should have. I was I should have been renting out camera equipment every weekend, every week, learning a new piece. Cause we had access to a lot of really good camera gear, whether it's lights, microphones, nice cinema cameras that are, you know, like 10 grand a piece, five grand a piece, like really nice gear. And I should have been renting that ever every single day, every single weekend, and learning it and learning the lighting and learning the, the microphones and then I should have take, took what I learned there and gone to pursue clients and just started my business in college whether it's just a couple hundred dollars for each event or a hundred dollars for editing a video whatever it was I should have been building a business freshman year and if I was talking to anybody going into college I would say whatever your industry is start a business whether it's consulting whether it's learning social media whether it's doing video especially on the creative side and kind of the marketing side do something learn how to work with clients because even if you go to a nine to five job you still have all that experience that you can talk about and so if you want to go like nine to five works for a lot of people and i i I pursued it i think it's great i'm you know in a different uh time now where i want to do my business but i wish i would have started a business freshman year and just learned and made all the mistakes freshman year in college because there is still that kind of stability of being in college and having you know food available to me and housing available to me and now i'm like 23 and i'm an adult i'm like out of college need to provide for myself and i'm making all those mistakes now when i could have been making them freshman sophomore year of college so and it's got to be yeah. much more expensive to make the mistakes now versus then right i mean it's a cost yes. it's a cost analysis yeah thank you 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 do you took out uh you already answered one of the questions i was going to ask <laughs> you about i was hoping you could speak to people who listen to the show because we have a lot of students that listen to this show and they're, they're designers and, and creative folks like ourselves so i, I agree say yes right away to as much as you can before it gets really expensive later on. It's so interesting because then the contrast that you already spoke about, Noah, about now you're saying no to people if, they, if they're if they balking at your fees, which you understand yeah. you deserve for, for your experience, your, the value you bring, the expenses, you've done the equation and, and all of that. Um, e- even though you've only been in business for, for less than a year, I'm sure you have a client, a good or a bad client lesson to date that you could share with us. I, I would love to hear what is your biggest client lesson good or bad today yeah it's it kind of just goes back to that confidence and also knowing your worth i think i'm still making mistakes of like like oh that client's gonna not use me so i need to lower my price or whatever and like i just had this happen and i'm kind of annoyed that i made the mistake again but it was it was just a it was a rough situation with the client and i had to i made a decision to maybe lower my price because they weren't happy with it when what i really should have done was maybe just you know, and the relationship with that client because it wasn't going to work out. And 
and even like now i i just sent i'm about to send over my biggest like quote for a uh a job that i've ever done and it's a big number for me but i'm also okay with them saying no to it whereas like maybe six months ago they would have been like i'd have been like okay i can drop the price you know just to get this gig but so i think just in general when you're working with clients it's knowing when to walk away i think is a really hard thing to learn and i don't want to make that sound negative because you have to, you just have to like there's there's times where you work with it because you need the port the piece for your portfolio and there's times when it's just not going to be a good fit and the earlier you can learn that it's not going to be a good fit the better because then you just have time to focus on the ones that are that are a good fit because you know i have clients that are great partners with me and i call them partners because it's what a client relationship should be it shouldn't be you know, I'm their employee, or I'm, you know, just a person they tell me what to do. It should be, I'm coming in, especially as a solo entrepreneur, I'm coming in and I'm talking with them about what their needs are and providing with them. And they're giving me feedback on how to grow and how to change my business model or change how I want, how they want their work done. So understanding that the client relationship should be a partnership, not just a like employee boss relationship. Um, is really important and something I'm still working on right now. But it's it's something that's really hard in the beginning, and it goes really it really goes back to confidence. You have to just be confident in what you're doing, and understand knowing kind of when to walk away is really important and really hard to do, but really important. Yeah, it takes a lot of confidence, and the confidence I feel like comes with experience. Al- what Alex and I do, my business partner, is we we sort of gauge it on like this this potential client has a yellow flag or they have a red flag, and I'll give you an example of one that's a red, and then. I would love to hear from your industry, like what are what's a yellow flag or a red flag, just to c- try to weed people out and know that when this is the night time to say no. A lot of it comes from your gut, but like if I get an if I get an email of, from a potential client first time they call they emailed us and it is like five pages long of writing, I I go I'm I'm backing up big time and saying this yeah. is a red flag. Do you have an example? Yeah, I think. My biggest red flag with clients is when they're not ready, not willing to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Like I, that mm-hmm. kind of goes back to the client I was talking about earlier and I'm trying to be as vague as possible because I just it, trying to be professional, but I think it's really important to be able to like, if you like, you're going to make mistakes, it's just going to happen. You're going to do something that they weren't happy with, or you're going to do something that they weren't expecting. And if, if they are willing to go back to you and be like, Hey, we weren't happy with that last video. Can we maybe switch up the style or change it, make it slower, make it faster, whatever it is. And if they can do that with you, that's a green flag with a client. Even if you make mistakes like once or twice, like if they're willing to work with you like that, big green flag. If they come back, you know, if they, if you work with them for six months and then they come back on that six month and then they say, we've hated all the work you've ever done, big red flag because they just, they're not willing to communicate with you and they're not necessarily invested in it the way that they should be. And like I said, it should be a partnership and one that you're constantly evaluating and reevaluating. So I, you know, I think it's important to constantly be in communication with your clients and just understand and figure out like what is going right, what is going wrong, where can we reevaluate and make sure we're all on the same page because even if the client relationship doesn't work out in the future, as long as you guys were all on the same page and it was everything you were doing was communicated well, then I don't think there should be an issue if that relationship ends. But if there's a client that, you know, maybe isn't willing to communicate as much, that's a pretty big red flag for me and something that I'm still like learning how to deal with. Yeah. Honesty is, is so critical. And I, I agree with the partnership and then there's got to, there's honesty and truth. You're yeah. a trusted advisor. You're a, they're a trusted partner. There's, it's got to, there's got to be reciprocity to it. Yeah. Uh, and so, and like, go ahead. even, th- even then, like, 
I if you don't like any of my work that I've done, tell me. Like, just yeah. please tell me. Like, if like I, it's gonna maybe hurt hurt me a little bit, but like I'd rather a client come back to you and be like, "Hey, you just have five videos for us. We hate all of them," because like I'd rather that than you know I shoot videos for six months with them, and like by the thirtieth video they're like, "Okay, this isn't working out," and I'm like, "Why didn't you tell me that on the fifth video?" No like kidding. we could have. So like I, I would. I would rather a client just be unhappy with me after like the first or second. We can work it out and change. I'm so flexible when I work with my clients. I'm willing to, you know, change even my style. If I don't agree with how the video should be shot, but a client's like insistent on like, we want it this way. I am happy to do it. It's not, you know, it's not my video. It's their video. And so I kind of just, I just need client. I, I'm always like trying to figure out like, how do I tell them that I need them to communicate with me? Because it's just, it needs, that's how it needs to be. Um, well, the, you, you, made me think, you made me think about a phrase I find myself saying every single time we're doing the first design meeting with the client. And maybe I've just gotten used to saying this, but I, I'm wondering if you have a phrase too that's very similar to this. I just I just flat out tell them, uh, anything is on the table, guys. Don't worry. You cannot hurt our feelings. Uh, all our feelings have died in college with the professors who critiqued every single thing we did. And so that's why we're professionals who are happy to take any criticism. There's nothing personal here. Do you do, I mean, is that something that resonates? It resonates to me. I've never said it that way, but I need to, because I've definitely had professors that just yeah. like straight up just destroyed my work. And I'm like, yep, all those feelings went out the window on that one. So yeah, yeah I, I, that's a great way to say it because like, like you said, everything's on the table. If we need, if, you know, if you want that five minute video cut down to three, let's keep our expectations realistic, but like we can work on that. So that again, it all goes back to communication. It all goes back to you being you being confident in your work, but just in that they're just building a partnership as opposed to building a you know boss employee relationship, which I think uh, that's kind of a big red flag in clients too, is that they see you as their employee as opposed to their partner or like a contractor. So it it is, and these are all things like I'm only like not even a year in. These are all things I'm learning, and I'm still gonna like five years from now, I'm still gonna be learning all this stuff. Hopefully, I'm not making the same mistakes, but. I'm just, it's all a learning process and you got to learn the hard way sometimes, but I'm lucky that I'm making some of those mistakes now instead of like five years from now. So no doubt, no doubt. Talk to the amateurs listening to this show and, and I'll define who the amateurs are. Maybe there are people who want to get started with the podcast or just making some basic videos for whatever company they, whatever kind of entrepreneurship that they do. What, what would you recommend is like the basic entry level equipment that they could they could get not break in the bank to just get started. Yeah, so I think when it comes to video, especially this is a phrase that if you watch, you know, YouTube video creators, audio is so much more important than video. Mm. If you you can have your phone, and you can have a window in front of you to light you, like so, like shoot with the window facing you as opposed to the window behind you. Those are two things that I recommend. But the biggest thing is get a nice microphone. You don't need to spend, you know, on this, which is like, I think a 170, maybe $200 microphone. You don't need that, but you need a microphone. You can't like, if you're just thinking of like a selfie video, that's one thing. But if you're like trying to make video content or trying to do a little bit more professional videos, get something that will record audio better than just your phone or your laptop. Because people are like, a lot of people watch videos. They don't even watch them. They just listen to them. I do that all the time with people that I'm very like familiar with that I've been watching for years I'll just like throw their video on on the side I don't really care what the content is I'm just like listening to what they're saying and a lot of people do that just because of intention spans and maybe they just they're in all time or whatever but if the audio is good they're much more likely to stick around instead of the because like you're hearing it 
you can deal with bad video quality maybe but i would say work on the audio specifically um and then also kind of just do a little bit of research learn basic you know just understand lighting like i have like you don't need a ring light you don't need anything but like don't have the light behind you have it in front of you lighting your face as opposed to behind you because then you're gonna look all dark and washed out and it's just not gonna look good so i would say do some basic research on like how to get just some decent video doesn't have to be fancy you don't need a nice mirrorless camera and a lighting kit and three-point lighting and all this stuff if you want to get there you can get there but just in general just audio is big shoot with whatever you have and learn some just very basic things with lighting to kind of under make it look a little bit better because if you do those three things you're going to have like stellar video content compared to like 90 percent of people yeah and just start i think that's the biggest yes the that's fourth the thing I biggest add thing. Is like it's like it's like you said when you were talking about going to the networking events the only way you were going to get past that is if you just got out of that comfort zone and and sort of pushing beyond that yeah um back to back to your business <clears throat> so how are you currently you know you're again you're only with your the first year for you how, how do you get how are you gauging success financial success and investment as, as a new business owner yeah that's a good question because it's something i'm still figuring out um honestly right now i'm still kind of working on I know like the number I need to be at to like go out on my own. Like I've run the expenses and seeing like what all my expenses are, where I need to be to be profitable and all this kind of stuff. But I'm still kind of trying to figure out um, when I'm going to be comfortable with like spending more money on certain things, like buying a car, buying a house, moving out of my parents' house, like all those big things are like, so gauging financial success, I'm still working on it. Honestly, like I know the numbers, but I, it's more of like a confidence thing and just say like taking the jump thing. And I, I'm, I think that me leaving my internship, which provided me a little bit of like, I always say it's kind of like just my spending money. It's like not that much, but it like pays for any groceries I need, pays for gas, pays for presents I need for friends or whatever it is. So like leaving that internship, I think is going to really open the door for just me to be like, okay, now I don't have any other money coming in. This is my business. This is the money I have coming in. So and I also have thing like this year is like, I have so many things in the works. So um, I think also just with what I'm looking at coming in money wise, financial wise um, is something that I'm, you know, working on still, but I think it's going to be, I'm planning on it being a good year. Um, and I'm also, but another thing I'm doing is just meeting with my accountant and just saying like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about. What can I be doing? Where do I need to be? What can I be doing to help me get there? Just understanding that because any creative business center will tell you, you cannot be creative and be a business center at the same time. It's so hard to do both. And so I'm still, still learning and figuring out my processes for how to manage my business and do the creative work because it's, it's a full-time, it's two full-time jobs basically. And so that's just something I'm working on. But I'm also, the other thing that I'm kind of thinking about is being okay with spending money, which is really hard to understand. Like I spent, I think I spent like $7,000 on gear last year which is a great starting point, but I'm trying to be more um, methodical about where I spend. And a lot of it has been memberships. I've joined organizations. I joined a local chamber and things like that. Um, but I'm also like looking at what I actually need versus what I want because like there's gear that I would love to have, but like, do I actually need it or can I go with a smaller version of it, the cheaper version of it? And so I'm being a little bit more methodical about where I spend my money. And I'm also 
hoping to get comfortable with paying myself a little bit and taking that money out of the business to my personal account. Cause I think that's something else that is, will be a huge shift for me of uh, paying myself. And, yeah. you know, just because I need to see that money coming out of the business and cause I, eventually I'm going to be paying myself a regular like salary at some point. So starting with just, you know, 200 bucks a month or two, like a thousand dollars a month or whatever it is, starting to do that and get more comfortable with it and working without that money, I think will help a lot with kind of understanding where my business needs to be for me to grow. Yeah. Two things. I think one of the best business piece, one of the best advice, pieces of business advice that I ever got, and I will never forget it. And I tell as many people as I can um, who who are maybe ready to hear it is that uh, you're right that uh, right now for you, Noah, it is you're working two jobs basically, right? Because you're producing the content plus you have to be the business owner. And it's so critical. I think if if you're really looking to do growth or for, for anybody listening is you got to figure out how to replace yourself. If, if you're serious yes. about starting a business that has multiplicity, you know, getting systems in place, even I, I love how you wrote down and you did a self-examination of you wrote down your fees and then you're like, oh crap, I ha- I'm having a self-examination here and I don't, I, I am not putting in to context what the expenses are and all of that. So, so I, I feel like there could be the same thing as sort of happened with your processes at just kind of getting ready for maybe even an, an assistant to start out with. Yep. And that's the second thing about paying yourself so critical to Noah for anybody looking, looking to start a new business is uh, Alex's mom. Basically we just listened to her. She said, you guys need to just make sure you pay yourselves a salary, figure it out right away and get the W2s going. And for us, that has been huge because bankers want to see checked boxes that they're not creative people. They have to check boxes because they have all these regulations. So like mm-hmm. getting loans is so critical, you know, for personal and, and business and all of that. Um, great stuff. I've, I've got three questions left here as we're running up on the half hour, uh, Noah. Well, what, first one is what has been the most influential time moment? If you could just think of one time, one moment early in this career, in your career as a young business owner, what would it be? I think it was, I think honestly, it, and it goes, it goes back so far. I think it's that first time that somebody told me they would pay for my work. I think that was kind of a moment where, and like, it took me so long to get to that moment again of like really understanding like, okay, my work is like worth a, some, some, a certain amount of money. But I think it was when they were like, oh, you're, you're, I took that first money and I had a, a second client that was like, okay, we'll pay you for the work. Like That was like a moment where I was like, Oh, I'm getting this is the job now. And then I then I was like, oh shoot, I'm getting paid for work. How do I even like manage this with taxes and all this kind of stuff? And then I had to figure all that out. But that first moment is really influential with me. And that person that kind of got me that job and that interior designer friend is that was such such an important moment for me. And I I say that all the time to where like that moment for my was for my career was huge. Um so yeah, I would say that moment was pretty big for me. There's been so many since then, some positive, some negative, but I, if I had to go back to one, that's it. I love that. I love that. You'll have that seared into your memory forever. Um, yeah. Okay. Second to last one here, knowing what you know now, and I want if you could go back in time to when you first started your business, what, what is, what is one piece of advice you give your former self? Sounds like nine months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's value your time. Like I did not value my time enough and I did not value the work I was doing enough. And there is, it's really hard to balance, you know, how much you can charge as a beginner versus how much you want to charge because you know, your work is valuable. So I would have just, I was undervaluing myself completely. I was like not giving, showing the prices 
that I should have been. Um, I wasn't valuing my time. I wasn't understanding how much time things actually take. Like like a house shoot, like it may take me an hour to shoot the house, but then it's four hours to edit the photos. And I, I just didn't understand that at all. So just valuing my time and valuing my myself was something that I did not do in the beginning and then still working on now, but I'm a lot better than I was, you know, six, seven, eight months ago. Besides our health, it's one of the most precious resources we have. 100%. Absolutely. I'm with you, Noah. Um, Noah, you have been such a great guest. I really appreciate you sharing your early journey story. I would love to have you back on in a couple of years, maybe after you repeat and, and you multiply a little bit, um, because I would love to unpack if you if you do that, how you did it uh, with yeah. an assistant and maybe actually employees and all that. It's, like, it's just entrepreneurship is so fun. It is like one of the most thrilling things in the world besides having children. Uh, that's I just thought about that yesterday. Um, so, so if people want to, if they obviously want to hear your show um, and they want to find and follow you or they're looking for your kind of expertise in what you do, other podcasters or people in the Indiana area, where can people find and follow you? Yeah. So I think the best way to reach out to me is going to be on LinkedIn. Um, so my LinkedIn is just search Noah Hutton. Uh, my website is noah-hutton.com. And then my podcast, thank you for mentioning it, is called The Rest of Us Podcast. I actually recorded a uh, episode with Lance. So I'm really excited to release that one coming out here in the next month and a half, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so really excited to release that one. But yeah, I, on that podcast, I talk to young entrepreneurs um, and other people that I'm just interested in talking to and just telling their stories, learning from them, just talking about entrepreneurship and that journey. Uh, so if anybody's interested, it's on every platform. If however you're listening to this on YouTube, it's on Instagram, TikTok. Just look it up, the Rest of Us podcast. Um, and I think it's a great listen, and everybody should listen. Beautiful. I encourage everybody to go check it out. Noah, thanks again for your time. We really appreciate it. And please reach out again in a, in a few years. We'll love to have you back on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is a great time.